This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Uh, man, this one's tough for me because I, you know, I, I root for the Chiefs because they're a Midwest team, and gosh, they're just fun to watch, and I love their creativity on offense. It's hard to it's hard to not root for the Buccaneers right now with all the Nebraska ties that you have there. You know, Sue has meant so much to this program uh, and had such an unbelievable career that I'm really pulling for him to to maybe be able to put a ring on uh, Levante David same way and. He's one of the best in the business and has been, and he deserves more accolades than he gets. And having Khalil down there, too, is somebody that I coached. I've actually been on the phone with Jason Light, uh, who's a Nebraska guy, and congratulated him on getting where he is. And we even have a strength coach, Chad Wade, that worked here for a long time that worked for the Bucks. So i got to be pulling for them because of Nebraska ties, but looking forward to watching, and good luck to those Nebraska guys for the Bucks. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. That was Scott Frost giving his take on uh, the Super Bowl Sunday as Kansas City and Tampa will play um, in the Super Bowl. And and there's so, so much interest, guys, in this game locally because the Chiefs are, are the number one team in the market in terms of fans. I mean, that's the team that we get every week um, in Omaha and Lincoln um, statewide, unless you live way out. Nate, you probably got Broncos games, though, growing up, didn't you? Yeah, growing up in Ogallala, it was all – Denver stations like our we had um you know we had the North Platte news and then everything else was was all Denver stations so we got so you're more Broncos. Broncos but growing up yeah more Broncos but Tampa Bay so many Nebraska ties there from the strength coach the GM the Levante David and Dominic and Sue and then Shaquille Barrett from Boys Town Husker recruiting fans are familiar with Jason Pierre Paul because he was practically a silent commit at one point to Nebraska um, so, yeah, I'm a Chiefs guy myself, um, but it's hard not to want to root for guys like Sue and David because playing well on this stage could put those guys in Hall of Fame-type conversations over this, over time. I think both of those guys have gotten hardly their due. I mean, Sue was kind of at the, the pinnacle uh, of the game for a while, but he kind of fell off a little bit, even though he's now playing in his second Super Bowl in three years. I mean, he's still playing at an elite level. He's and played 10,000 snaps since, like, 2010. You, you talk to – I mean, you just listen to interviews with, like, other coordinators or whatever, and they say one of the most underrated players in football – is Indomitian Sue because of how much he eats up uh, the middle of the line of scrimmage. And basically he's kind of taken on this, you know, like he's not worried about his own stats. Like he's just there to basically destroy the line of scrimmage. And that's freed up Levante David, which is why Levante's having one of the best years of his career uh, because, you know, he's got, you know, Sue playing in front of him and eating up all his blocks. And they've really got a nice front seven there that, you know, I I know your chiefs are probably going to be, you know, the tough to beat, but if there's one matchup, it's the Kansas City's offensive line. They're out Fisher. Eric Fisher is starting left tackle. They're going to move their other tackle over to the other side, and that's going to go against that pass rush. To kill Barrett. And if Tampa Bay's pass rush or defensive line can get a steady rush and they're able to drop back and actually cover the middle of the field while also playing deep over top, they might have a shot. <laughs> that's a lot to, to get right there, though, <laughs> yeah. against Mahomes. Well, I don't know how you can, at this point in the game, how can you – really count Tom Brady out I mean like him or not I mean he's he's done an awful lot but but you're right I I mean what Sue's been able to do during his career is is pretty phenomenal I mean there's there's not for for somebody who's playing his position um, you know where injuries are common you know the I'd like to know what the what the average career length is of a of a defensive tackle but I mean, for him to have been able to play this long and to stay as healthy as he has, 
um, and play at a high level for as long as he has is pretty remarkable. Um, and you have to agree with Scott Frost there too. I mean, Levante Dave, I don't know if there's a more disrespected or under undervalued player in, in all of the NFL, mm-hmm. as, certainly on the defensive side of the football than Levante David, um, you know, with what he's been able to do and the type of numbers he's been able to put up over his career. My favorite Levante David sequence at Nebraska and, you know, I don't know if people remember this one as well as I do, but I was right down on the sidelines with Robin at Penn State. It was the game when Joe Paterno had just been unseated, and Penn State was ranked around the top ten. They were a good team. Nebraska was ranked around the top ten. I mean, it was it was like a game of the week type of deal, and Penn State was driving to win the game, and they had like a third, a second and one. Levante David gets in there, stops the run. Third and one. Levante David gets in there, stops the run. Fourth and one. Levante David got in there, stopped the run. And you know that won a game for Nebraska, that, that sequence. One individual player where they knew they were going to run it and they put all the fullbacks and tight ends in, and he still got in there three plays in a row. And you just haven't seen that kind of effort. I mean, even when they lost to Michigan in the big house that year in 2010, or excuse me, 11, Denard Robinson was running. A couple of times he just got his hand on mm-hmm. Denard Robinson's foot. And if correct me if I'm wrong, Nate, I want to say that Deerfield Beach team that Denard Robinson played for gave Miami Northwestern, I think, their closest game back yeah. in the day in high school. Um, and that that Miami Northwestern team was loaded, loaded, absolutely loaded. And and what he did against Braxton Miller when Ohio State came in, forced to, that fumble. Yeah, forced that fumble. He did. He, he stripped. He stole. He stole that ball. Um, That's a hell of a play. I mean, yeah. I mean, he he made some unreal plays. And to think that it took Sean Fisher breaking his leg to to get Levante David on the field that season is is pretty remarkable. Well, he's he's like the perfect example of a guy that, you know, the reason he wasn't playing was because he didn't know the assignments. (laughs) You know why it didn't matter? Because he had as much natural football instinct and IQ once the ball was snapped that you're ever going to see at the linebacker position. I mean, he would be totally out of position, but he would just see the ball and he went and got the ball at a speed and just acceleration that uh, was remarkable. And his film, you just go watch his highlights. They're just like, man, like sometimes like I personally like would just forget how good he was. I mean, I remember plays like that or series like that, but like, Game in, game out. He was making wow plays, chasing down running backs from the other side of the field, being in coverage against wide receivers, stuff on the run against fullbacks. I mean, he literally did it all. And he is making the case as one of – I mean, you can make a case that he's one of the greatest linebackers Nebraska's ever had. No, no question. Yeah. I mean, he broke the, his two-year re- tackle numbers, I believe the greatest two-year number of any player – um, he has a single-season record already, I think, at Nebraska. You think about that 2011 defense. Nebraska had, in terms of Big Ten awards, the best defensive lineman, the Correct. best linebacker, and the best corner in the Big Ten that year on one defense. And just imagine if Levante and Sue would have lined yep. up at Nebraska. I mean, I know they were they missed each other by different one career year. paths, but, man. That, <laughs> I mean, that would have been ridiculous. Yeah, I, I can't imagine what, what that defense would have looked like had Sue been – you know, he would have taken there. Philip. Would he have taken Philip Dillard's spot, or would they have figured out a way to like? Because you had Gomes and Haig and Dillard kind of playing the hybrid linebackers in that dime. Dillard system. was in the doghouse for like yeah. two years till Virginia Tech, <laughs> yeah. and then then he he t- once they realized they needed him, yeah. then he became a fourth round draft pick. <laughs> he completely shut down Demarco Murray. I remember in that game in Lincoln, like yeah. on multiple checkdowns, like he just freaking stuffed Demarco Murray. Yeah. 
So, I mean, that's just fun to look back on. The, I mean, those are the guys that you look to if you're Nebraska. I mean, those are the guys that you're selling your program around. And to have them both on the same team playing in a Super Bowl against the Chiefs, that's a pretty cool deal for Nebraska. Nate, Shaquille Barrett, the Boys Town product that was at University of Nebraska-Omaha, um, do you, was there anything at all? Because I do recall, like, stories about Pat Burns calling, like, Jamrog and some of the people to try to get him to Nebraska – but they obviously didn't have a scholarship. or I mean, did they ever try to get him here? I, no. I mean, there was not, like, a serious effort um, to ever. And they could have easily, oh, obviously, had Yeah, him. I mean, that, yeah, that, that, and it should have happened. I mean, there's, there's no reason why he should have had to, you know, after playing a year. Well, first of all, out of high school, I mean, he probably, he probably should have ended up somewhere better than UNO, um, you know, for starters. But after, after UNO shut down their football program, um, yeah, I, there's no reason why he should have had to go to, uh, to Colorado State. Uh, he should have been – probably should have been in Nebraska. Recruiting it, Boys Town's difficult, though, yeah, just because the kids come in and out um, for only a, sometimes 18 months – and it's not like a normal high school where you just go in there and I mean, there's just more loops. They're there for a reason. Kid, well, no, you have to be a well-behaved student to be there. But kids at Boys Town don't typically have cell phones. Mm-hmm. Like you can't communicate. They're not on social media. Um, some of the I think there's stricter rules on you know what they have to do when they're in the in the school there. So got, there there are some guys from Boys Town that fall through the cracks just because very few people really get to see them. Yeah, I mean Teddy Allen right now at Nebraska was at Boys Town and. He was a kid that was you know, on the brink of his life falling apart, and that structure saved his life. So, I mean, like I said, uh, he was kind of regarded as an in-state recruit, but, I mean, he wasn't from Nebraska. He wasn't a Nebraska guy. But because of how Boys Town changed his life, he kind of saw himself as a Nebraskan, and that led to his eventual return to the Huskers. Yeah, it, with Shaquille Barrett, I mean, that, that might be the more interesting storyline as far as Nebraska connections to the to the Super Bowl, even though he's not originally from Nebraska. But, um, I mean, how, how a guy like that was, you know, played his high school football in the state and even started his college career in the state and, and uh, you know, didn't – but actually didn't play for the Huskers is, is kind of interesting. Well, and they thought Jason Pierre-Paul was going to sign. Well, he like, was, he was I mean, a silent commit. And then there was a, a last-second flip to South Florida and a last-ditch effort made to get him back to Nebraska. Um, and I'm not going to say there was something shady that happened at South Florida, but it was very, very strange, especially – that year when I mean you had literally everybody from Fort Scott was was coming to uh, Nebraska. Nebraska. I mean Hardrick, all, all Kenny, his, yeah, David. all of his teammates. I mean they were all wrapped up. It was it was a done deal. And then at the last second, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul is going to South Florida and in the Big East. They weren't even. I mean yeah, it was yeah it was Jim it, Levitt was doing good things there for that little run though. Yeah, and again I'm not. I'm not going to say for sure there was something shady that happened, but the the way that it all transpired was flips like that usually just don't yeah, happen out of yeah. Nowhere. I mean, it was <laughs> it was very very was Willie Taggart at South Florida back then? No. I don't I don't think so. I'm just kind of joking, yeah, but but yeah, Slick Willie probably. <laughs> <laughs> all right, when we come back, Nebraska basketball is going to play a game on Saturday. Man, I forgot how to write a basketball Robin. story. I'm gonna have to dust some old ones off to. Remember, you know where what the three pointer is, and you you've know. exhausted all your PTO, and yeah, you got to get back to work. So it was, it was a nice run of you know really just kind of sitting back and, and not doing a whole lot, but now the grind begins. February is going to be real. All right, well, we're gonna come back. We'll discuss Nebraska basketball. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. <laughs> 